on this inaugural episode of Through the Garden. Uh, we talk NFL coaching carousel. We talk NFL playoffs. Michigan won a stupid championship. Uh, baseball, hockey, basketball, Chicago, everything's in there. Um, thank you for listening. If you're listening, please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter. So let's get into it. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to Through the Garden. It's a new sports podcast. Uh, myself, uh, Tommy, and Jordan, Alex with me. Uh, we're going to talk some sports. We're going to get into our meatball Chicagoisms. Um, just a therapy session for us, really, so we can talk sports and get mad about being a Chicagoite. So, uh, Jordan, Alex, how are we feeling? What's going on? Either one of you. I'll go. Uh, doing good. You know, it's tough uh, being a Chicago sports fan nowadays, uh, especially with the news we got today. But, you know, yeah. that's what we're here for. Yeah, we'll get into it. Alex, how are you feeling over there? Uh, well, life's good, but Chicago sports, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of down. But uh, that's why we're here to vent our frustrations, right? That's right. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have a therapy session. We're going to talk it out. But we're also – what we wanted to do with this too was talk about national sports because we're obviously big into those. Uh, we don't get a ton of chance to talk about those. Um, I guess I'll start with me. I do – blogs for uh fan-sided i do chicago and philly and boston and cleveland um and then i have a couple podcasts that i'm going to be starting up um but yeah it's just it's just nice to be able to sit and talk sports with the boys talk some ball um jordan uh you want to get into your projects really quick yeah so going on my second year of being a uh, editor at cubby's crib uh all things chicago cubs we're hoping for a big season coming up, and then also just recently signed on with Bear Guy Goes On, put some words in terms of the Chicago Bears. Uh, I thought we would be having a brighter uh, January to talk about some of their moves, but I guess not. Guess not. Alex? Well, so I've been writing with fan-sided Cubby's Crib since 2017, been the co-host of Bill Swirsky Sports Talk Chicago. Be sure to check that show out. Check since that out. Check that out. Mm-hmm. We've been going at it for uh, many, many years. We've called, uh, you know, we talk all about Chicago sports there, but Bears are a big one. A lot of losses, few wins, but uh, we're, we're there every week. And then uh, also been writing other areas here or there over the years for U.S. Blasting News, Wrigley Report, old RSCN networks. So mainly writing here with Fansided. Yes, sir. Yeah. So check out his podcast and you can follow the, uh, through the garden. D-A, Doug Garden, like Doug Bears. Uh, on Twitter, you can find all of us on there, too. Um, so that's our introduction. That's what we're doing. Uh, now we can get into the thick of it. Um, we, we are going to try to postpone all of our meatball Chicagoisms until the end. But due to the actions of the Bears today, we have to lead with it. We have no choice. Uh, Matty Rufus is back. Luke gets he's gone. The whole offensive staff is gone. Alex, you put words to thumb, thumb to phone to type out how you felt. Um, would you like mm -hmm. to voice it out? 
Yeah. So um, I kind of did a whole note thing and posted it on Twitter earlier today. So what I figured is I can read my thoughts and I want to hear what you guys have to say on said thoughts. Does I that love sound it. Fair? I love it. Go for it. Okay, Let's go here for we it. go. Hang on. Let me put this my beer a- in hand for this. Good Lord. <laughs> Uh, is beer enough? You might need whiskey or uh, something much uh, much higher proof. Look, look, don't do drugs, <laughs> kids. Do not do drugs. All right, Alex, let's go. True. Okay, here we go. This is what I wrote. The decision to stick with Matt Eberflus as head coach of the Bears feels like another chapter in the long story of McCaskey's cavalcade of mediocrity. Let me say that first off, I do not dislike Matt Eberflus as a person or even as a defensive coordinator necessarily. I will also add that I do not put as much weight on his overall record due to the fact that 2022 was a tank year. I did not expect him to win a Super Bowl in year two of a rebuild, but there's plenty of context that matters. Three historic losses. Two coordinators leaving due to non-football related reasons being completely unprepared to start 2023, getting outclassed by the Packers, your rivals who own you twice. Also, not looking like you belong in the same league against the likes of Andy Reid or Matt LaFleur. You had one signature win against the Lions at Soldier Field. Congratulations on being the 2-15 Panthers, the Commanders, the Brian Hoyer-led Raiders, the Cardinals, and the Tyler Heineke Falcons. You play who you play, and you need to beat those teams, but you had opportunities to win more. It is an improvement from 2022. And are there things that are moving the right direction on the roster? Yes, I think so. But it feels, once again, the standard falls short of being great. Why not shoot higher? Rayball and Johnson could be available. Why not try? Why not try for Jim Harbaugh? Why not be a baller? Why do you always have to play like this? Your standard should be to win and to be the best. Not rah-rah, da bears, passion, Ditka sausage hits principle. <laughs> Another defensive head coach looking for an offensive coordinator. A possible lame duck with maybe a new quarterback. We've seen it all before, and we've seen it fail over and over. I sure as hell hope these coordinators are right. That's all I got to say. I'm tired. Boys, your reaction. Oh, man. Well, first off, beautiful. Um, yeah. Thank you. A1. Yeah, I think you, I think you speak for a lot of folks. Uh, I believe, uh, Jordan, in the Windy City chat uh, today, I put, uh, you can't spell take me out back and beat me with a chrome hammer without tactics. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate what you said about Matt Eberflus and not hating him as a person. I'm sure he's a very nice man. And it mm-hmm. seems like, for the most part, the guys in the locker room do enjoy his presence as, like, a person. Uh, but we heard multiple things, multiple reactions from multiple players about how, like, they wish the defense was different. And I I don't know, man. I'm tired, too. Jordan, I'm tired. <laughs> you know, Matt Eberflus might be a nice man, but the fact of the matter is that he hired two coordinators that, quite frankly, weren't nice men. Um, so the fact that that wasn't an immediate red flag in terms of who he is as a head coach to hire a coordinator. And now at, we're at the end of the season, they announced that he's going to be in charge of hiring 
two more coordinators yeah. when most of his staff just got fired. Yeah. Uh, it's like Alex said. Yeah. Like Alex said, the Bears always choose for mediocrity. Um, I want to even say they're good to Alex's point. If you look at the teams they've won, they've won teams that are in a transition, they've won teams that are set in a rebuild, they've won yeah. teams that fire the head coach. Yeah. Let's, not... So I got the wins right here. Uh, first one of the season was against the Commanders, top five pick. Raiders, yep. that's a top 10 pick. Panthers, yep. we took their number one pick. Vikings, that's a Kirk Cousins list Vikings, if I'm it not mistaken. It was Dobbs. Right. Yeah. Uh, a miracle win against the Lions. Uh, and then Cardinals and Falcons. Like that those are those are your wins on the season. I like Go back to the first season too. And listen, I get that season one was a tank. And again, I you can look at the overall record of Eberflus, and I that is where I will push back and say, listen. 2022 we were flat out not trying to win it was an obvious tank situation yeah it was it was but you look at that too if you if you truly want to look at the whole resume the three wins from that year you beat trey lance in a monsoon where (laughs) it was just a complete outlier game where you never played in a rainstorm quite like that and you could just say you beat trey lance period right Right. exactly (laughs) that's that's true that's true it's not like you had brock purdy or even a veteran like jimmy garoppolo back there you beat trey lance and we see where he is now then you beat the texans the team that you were competing the tank with you beat davis mills and you needed roquan smith to intercept him to set up a game-winning field goal you almost lost that game then it looked like an impressive one at the time, but you went on the road to New England and beat Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. Yeah. Turns out Mac Jones kind of sucks, and the Patriots are a shell of their former selves. Yeah. So I thought you know, when you know, we won. when we beat the Patriots in that game, I was like, "Oh my God, here we go! This is what we needed." And then they didn't yeah. win another game. Like it's just it was and maddening. You know, it's a microcosm of what the Matt Eberflus coaching has been. They've had two three, four game stretches where it looks like they're clicking. It looks like they solve things out. And yeah. then like we found out this season, they end the season in Green Bay with the exact same offensive game plan they had at the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, they they're no they don't make adjustments. I mean we've seen this for decades plus. They don't make second half adjustments. They can't outclass the Packers. And that's I'm sorry. Like I'll I'll be the meatball. That's the number one thing. You got to be the Packers. You got to start with being the Packers, yeah. then win the division, then win the conference, then win the Super Bowl. Like it yeah. all starts and ends with beating the Packers and winning the Super Bowl. But there was one time in our lifetimes we could beat the Packers, and that was the mid 2000s. That's when we went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, with a team that we yeah. shouldn't have even gone to yeah. the Super Bowl with. But exactly. We are 14 and 46 in the last 60 games against the Packers. I did the math. I would have to, if we played two times a year up for the, like up outside of, if we match up in the playoffs again, two times a year, we play the Packers. They would have to win every single matchup until I'm 48 years old for it to be even. That's insane. Yeah. I'm not even 30. (laughs) Like it's just, Uh, and look, I mean, Bears fans, you don't want to hear it. And we could get into all the stuff, but when Aaron Rodgers says the Bears versus Packers isn't a rivalry, it's not. It's not. No, I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's a it's a shellacking every single time. Yeah. 
and we all and it's it's a blueprint. The Bears look good in the first half, and then they stink it up in the second half. That, yep. That's yeah. just yeah. how it goes. So yeah, and if they stink it up in the first half, you know they're not coming back. Well, yeah, exactly. if they stick it up in the first half, it ends up being one of those 44 to 17 blowouts. Six that touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Right. We've seen that right. script yeah. before. So the Bears are going to do the same old thing that they usually always do, apparently. Um, but I'm hoping for something different. Here's I want to hear both of your plans for this. And then and then I promise we'll we'll not talk about the Bears anymore. But <laughs> my this is what I want start to finish. I think if you're committing to Matt Eberflus, you have to commit to Justin Fields now because we've seen veteran quarterback trans and then a top first round draft pick in Mitch Trubisky. So Mike Glennon gets signed for a weird amount of money and then draft Mitch Trubisky. He gets pushed in. John Fox gets canned. Matt Nagy comes in. Mitch Trubisky doesn't work out. They draft Justin Fields. Matt Nagy gets fired. Eberflus in. Now what? You can't do Justin Fields doesn't work at a new quarterback. We're not doing it three times in a row. I refuse. So you have now decided Justin Fields is the quarterback. You need to get like minds of Justin Fields into on the sidelines, into the locker room to figure out how to make Justin Fields work. And I do have the solution. And Jordan, you know my solution. I wrote a blog about it. I think it's coming out tomorrow. Offensive coordinator, Dan Orlovsky. Quarterbacks coach, Chase Daniels. It's Chase Daniels talks about every single week how much he loves Justin Fields and knows what to do with him. Dan Orlovsky clearly knows how to run an offense in this modern football that we're in with. It's just crazy amounts of offense. He knows what to do. We've done the same thing for a bajillion years. Why don't we just try something different with your stupid head coach? That's all. That's all I got. And Luke Getze still employed by the Green Bay Packers and it proves it for the last two (laughs) years. That's it. Saboteur, saboteur, saboteur. I do like I do like your Chase Daniel idea as QB coach. When I think of OC, you know, I think of like Eric Bieniemy as an ideal target. Yeah. Um, I some people may disagree with this, and maybe it doesn't sound great, but I don't hate the idea of Frank Reich if he were willing to take an OC job because. I really do think he got royally screwed by the Panthers. Yeah. He was put in a just garbage situation Yeah, and they did him real dirty. And I'm not as convinced of him as a head coach either way, but I think, I think he's a really good offensive mind and that's something I wouldn't mind now. And here's another name that I don't know if I'd make him the OC, but I want him in the organization and hear me out on this. Jim Caldwell. Do you remember what Jim Caldwell was able to do in Detroit with Matt Stafford? Yeah, yeah. Matt Stafford was putting up Hall of Fame numbers, and people really weren't noticing. And, you know, Stafford is still that dude. So He is. So, obviously, something that he took for Caldwell worked, right? And is continuing to work. So, obviously, Caldwell still has a mind for maybe being able to – keep up in this modern offense kind of thing. So I don't, yeah. hate, I don't hate that either. Honest to God, just do something, just do something and make yeah. sure Justin Fields likes it and figure him out. That's it. Yeah. So I feel uh, each podcast needs like both sides. I think Tommy, you could probably guess where I'm going oh, based please. off of what I say in the chat. Please. Uh, if I'm the bears, if I'm one, one, I'm taking a good quarterback. I'm taking um, Caleb Williams, nothing against Justin 
Fields, he's definitely outside of Devin Hustle, the most exciting player I've seen in the Bears uniform. However, as a passer, he hasn't hit all the marks that we need him to hit. Yes, his first rookie season under Matt Nagy, that's not him. That's on Nagy for sure. Yeah. But I don't even know if we've actually seen Justin Fields yet. Yeah, you and that, that's, that is the scary part is that if the Bears do move on from Justin Fields, you know. there seems to be, regardless of whether you think they should take a quarterback or uh, keep Fields, there seems to be a universal agreement that if the Bears trade Fields, he is going to break out on his next team. Yeah, it, yeah, but, it could be it could be Pittsburgh, it could be Atlanta, it could be anybody. Yeah. They're like they, somebody is, is going to figure him out. Yeah. If Caleb Williams is great, and I know Bears fans haven't seen a great quarterback, and I know the thought of taking another rookie quarterback high scares them. But if Caleb Williams truly is great, it won't matter. No. The Bengals took that chance with Joe Burrow, and injuries aside, he changed that team. I, you know what, I, here's where I'm ultimately at, whatever the bears decide to do, it's going to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. That's all we can agree on. Right. That's, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. All right. If they, yeah. If go- it started over completely. I would have feel, I would have felt better with either selection they made, but now that you're only starting over in some areas, there's that doubt yeah. so that's yeah. my last thought on that yeah we can yeah we can move on uh i'm sure people are like i thought this was a national podcast well, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah we can talk some more nfl like uh mike Vrabel leaving the titans i think that's a huge mistake by the titans Massive. i don't know if they just want to switch it up or what they're trying to do uh i i think that was just a mistake by them because who are they going to find that's better you know yeah, exactly. I think he's a victim of the results-based business yeah. because, you know, the uh, this, the record, you know, diminished over the past few years. And, you know, you can decide who do you want to blame, him, the team, both. But I think he's just a pure victim of results-based business. But, boy, his phone is going to be ringing off the hook because you, there's imagine. a lot of openings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Tennessee's open, Carolina's open. Now, we ju- before we start recording, the, the Seahawks job is now open. Uh, Pete Carroll mm-hmm. obviously trying to move to the maybe the front office role or an advisor role, basically yeah. like we we love you. Will you please step aside for a second kind of thing? So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah there's going to be jobs out there. And Mike Vrabel, he's going to be a head coach somewhere. It's just a matter oh, yeah, of where, no, you know? Oh, yeah, no question. You, Washington's going to be yeah. there. Yeah, that's why I think it's fascinating with Rabel is because we've heard all season that if Bill Belichick goes to New England, New England would contact Tennessee and try and trade for Mike Rabel. Yeah. And I was reading yesterday that Tennessee thought the idea of trading their head coach was complicated. So they just thought it would be easier to fire him. And we could say whatever you want about the Bears, but the fact that you let arguably a top five head coach go because you thought the idea of trading him where you would probably get day one, maybe even a day two draft pick yeah. is insane because you could have changed your organization with that move alone. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, but I guess we're at least we're not Titans fans, whatever, but <laughs> uh, yeah. So coaching carousel is going to happen. We'll keep a beat on that as the weeks come and go. Uh, but we got a wild card weekend this weekend. We got some pretty good matchups going uh, I'm going to pull them up here so we can go game by game real quick and see if we like anything, see see what games we're liking. Um, Saturday, uh, hang on, my computer. First episode, people. Everybody calm down. Um, Browns-Texans is the first game. Texans getting that home game on the last day of the year. 
they they go up and beat Indianapolis in Indianapolis, and then they wait for the Jacksonville to wet the bed. I can't believe Jacksonville was eight and three and completely missed the playoffs. That is just yeah, that's, that's absolutely brutal. insane. And- you know what's crazy? If Jacksonville has the number one pick like the Bears do, Jacksonville is probably having the same conversation we are about yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, when are we going to talk about Trevor Lawrence maybe not being him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Texans-Browns uh, and then Chiefs-Dolphins later that day. That's the game on the cock, boys and girls. So you have to have Peacock. We're in that We're in that uh, streaming day and age uh, where you yep. have to have all these subscriptions yep. to watch football. Uh, so make sure you have that. Dolphins are screwed, right? It's going to be negative one. Yeah. And Miami's yeah, going. Good. And you know they're going to wear those candy-ass teal pants and look absolutely god-awful in whatever weather it's going to I be. I mean, if you guys watch Hard Knocks, Tua is always in the practice facility in these short shorts, flip-flops. There's no way he's going to be surviving yeah. in Kansas City. They're done. Kansas City yeah, yeah. Like That's yeah. rough. But, uh, you know, Kansas City, they can't take this lightly because, you know, here's Kansas City again. Because uh, they're the three seed, correct? Uh, yes. It's 3v6. Yeah. yeah, three and six. Yeah, so they haven't looked all that good, and yet they're still the three seed. So people can downplay the Chiefs. And, yeah, I think there's obviously, you know, criticisms of the Chiefs that are valid. His weapons aren't catching the ball. and yeah. But when the playoffs come, Pat Mahomes has never – Yeah, Pat Mahomes is Pat lines. Mahomes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. He's still that yeah. dude. Yeah. Got yeah. Four and a half point favorites. That seems a little low. So something to keep an eye on. If, if you're, this was if you're the, the Chiefs type? of the last few years, I bet that'd be a little higher. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think they, I think I think they got something yeah. to prove. I think the appeal of the Chiefs definitely wore off as the season went on. But sure. like we said, it's Pat Mahomes. I think he's motivated. They hear the outside noise about them potentially being done, and I think they're ready to go on a run. Yep, definitely. Uh, then we switch over to Sunday. Steelers-Bills, the first game. Uh, Bills, 10-point favorites over the Steelers. No T.J. Watt. Uh, who knows? I guess Rudolph at quarterback. I don't know. Uh, if it's probably going to be yeah. Mason Rudolph, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably um, Mason, I'm yeah. not going to say too much because my wife is a big Steelers fan. So if you boys want to have an opinion here, by all means. <laughs> hey, like Chris Berman said, no oh. one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Yup, Bills are going to stomp the Steelers. It, it might be ugly. It might be ugly. Then I hope another ugly game: Packers Cowboys. I would like the Cowboys to just. Hit him into the sun. Well, you know, what's interesting is that's uh, Mike McCarthy playing his old team, facing his old team. So, I mean, obviously they've met before, but this is a playoff game. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I could see this being a game where the Packers win. Yeah. They don't have much to lose right now. They're young. They're hungry. They're playing well. They're the youngest team in NFL history to make the playoffs. Yep. That's scary. And the Cowboys, what have we seen them do in the playoffs? Wet the bed. Yeah. Every time. Yep. Stephen A. Smith is going to have a lovely time if if this goes that way. (laughs) He can't wait. He can't wait. Listen, I know Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore, but all those big games between the Cowboys and the Packers in our lifetime, the Packers have always come on top, whether it was that, that, big throw to set up the field goal in 2016 or the 2014 Des Bryant catch, no catch. The Packers always won those games, but it is a new era. So we'll see what happens. But 
I don't think Dallas is anywhere near a lock in that game. No, no. I, I agree with you. And the spread has seven and a half to Dallas. That's way too many points. Uh, yeah, that the that's Packers way too are many points. And uh, as we were talking about coaching carousels, I think if Dallas loses this game, I think Mike McCarthy might be, yeah. might be out of a job. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I have two thoughts on this one. Um, this is, this is the perfect Cowboys spot to lose. Uh, they seem to do a loss like this every single year, right? Either just about to make the playoffs and they miss out, or they just squeak into the playoffs and miss out. I know, I know that they're not just squeaking in, but the, they they won the division, obviously. But they they lose the first or second round of the playoffs every single time, right? Right. And Never I am not a Cowboys hater by any means. Like I know a lot of people hate the Cowboys. I there's only <laughs> one team in professional sports that I hate. I don't like the Cowboys, but I've grown accustomed to loving when they lose, specifically because of Stephen A. Smith. I cannot it's get fun. enough of those videos. It's free entertainment. It, it is. is. Yeah. It is. Uh, so, but if it were to happen at the hands of the Steelers, uh, it would it would hit a little different. Also, uh, keep in mind. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Packers' dominance of the Cowboys in big spots that you talked about, Alex, this is the building that the Packers won that stupid Super Bowl. So, I don't yeah, know. New era, true. but just just a fun thing to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah. That, that that is true. That is yeah. true. But hey, you know, we could be saying this now, and the Cowboys can blow them out. You never truly know. Never truly know. That's true. Never truly. I know. feel like there will be one game that just goes against the game this weekend. Yeah, for sure. And you oh, know, yeah. actually, our next game I think is going to be a shootout because it is a quadruple uh, revenge game. Oh, Matthew yeah. Stafford returning to Detroit for their first home uh, playoff game in thirty years, which is just weird. First ever yeah. Ford Field. Jer- Jared yeah. Goff going against the team that traded him to go win a Super Bowl after he was trying to build a Super Bowl winning team. Oh, I, yeah. I I I just think every game is a Lions revenge game for like just the lifetime upon lifetime of failure that it's been. Yeah, As a Bears real. fan, how can you not be rooting for the Lions? You know, it's that's true, uh, and I'm really. Excited to see Matt Safford return to Detroit. Honestly, as a Bears fan, I think that's the reason why I want the Rams. Oh, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I, I spent years watching Matt Safford in Detroit. I have uh, a, a cousin and uncle that live in Detroit. And I don't know, something about Stafford, I was, even when he was on the Lions, I've always had respect for that dude. It wasn't like Rodgers where like, I hated watching him. Right. Stafford always had the respect. Those it was one Stafford with... and Calvin Johnson, yeah. just like just like good yeah. dudes. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Alex, where do you yeah. stand on it? Yeah, you know, I think it would be really interesting to see how Stafford does there. And, you know, like you said, this could be a shootout. Now, here the, the thing about the Lions is, is I could see this team going on a run to the Super Bowl as easy as I could see them losing in the first round. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think there's no. like a – like a definitive, oh, they're definitely going to go on a run. I mean, there never is for any team, but like, you know, there are people that have really strong feelings about certain teams. Like right now, I think most people in looking at the NFC are betting on the 49ers who have a bye this week, or a lot of people are looking at the Ravens where I'm like, listen, the the Lions, if you told me that they won the NFC, I wouldn't be surprised. If you would have told me they would have lost in the first round, I would equally be not as surprised. Yeah, I could see it going either way. Yeah, really. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Sure. Uh, I yeah, that's this is my favorite game of the weekend. I cannot wait for this game. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely the highlight game yeah. of Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, and then it wraps up on Monday with Eagles, Buccaneers, and boys, the birds are in trouble. They might get past this round, but... Not much further. <laughs> I have a, yeah. If they play like this. Yeah. yeah. So I actually have a buddy coming to town on business who is a big Eagles fan, and he asked me to Uh-oh. watch this game with him on Monday night. Uh, with like, And I said, are you sure? Because I don't like this is not a gimme. The the birds are nah. they're favored by three points, but when Baker Mayfield wants something, he kind of goes and gets it. You know? Oh yeah. It's oh, it's yeah. so this game is not a gimme to the Eagles at all. And you know, people sleep on Baker, but he threw for over four thousand yards this year, twenty eight yeah. touchdowns, ten interceptions. Yeah. I think and. I think the glow of Nick Sirianni with the Eagles has wore off. I think we saw it towards their final uh, month of games in the regular season. And yeah. I think this game is prime for Baker and the Buccaneers to upset the world. Make a statement, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do think it's interesting because the Eagles started off 10-1. and one, But if you watch their games that they won, they weren't exactly dominating. I mean, 10-1 and one is 10-1, and one, yeah. but... You saw them pull out a lot of squeakers and ones where they would give up, you know, a decent number of points. Heck, they could have finished 0-6 if they didn't pick off Tyrod Taylor on Christmas Day in the end zone. They were True. that close to blowing that game too. Yeah, yeah. They and the, yeah, when they were when they were the dominant force in the NFC just based off solely based off of record, they were not winning those games. They were not no. losing those games. They so, didn't look like last year where they legitimately dominated the NFC. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And I yeah, and I will forever be wrong in that Super Bowl because I thought that they were going to roll the Eagles, but oh well, here we are. Uh speaking of Super Bowl since uh the playoffs have not officially started yet, I would like some picks on record. Jordan, AFC's representative, NFC representative and your winner. The AFC representative is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. I think We've seen it for much of the past two months of the regular season. They're ready to go. Lamar is going to be the MVP. They will be playing the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. In the Super Bowl. Mm. I think the Rams go on a run. The way Matthew Stafford is playing right now, you can't go against him. You can't go against those wide receivers they have. And, oh, yeah, they still have Aaron Donald on that uh, defensive line. Yeah. But as far as the winner, it's going to be the Ravens. Yeah. Alex, I'm going to be boring and I'm going to say kind of obvious. I'm going to say 49ers over Ravens. Um, And maybe I'm saying this because it's kind of what I'm rooting for because the 49ers are kind of becoming my second favorite team. I just got a Brock Purdy shirt um, and the Ravens just look really, really scary right now. Um, Though I think here's my, here's my dark horse Super Bowl matchup. Okay. Rams versus I and you know I'm just gonna throw this out there I think it could be the Rams like like Jordan said but they're gonna face off against the Bills the Bills would be cool that would be fun Bills would be cool here's the thing and I know that was a little bit of a dramatic build up. That, that was that was, no. This is great. Episode no, one. Yeah, that, keep people on yeah, their no. toes. This is great. That, yeah, that would be fun. So the reason I say the Bills is the last few years the Bills have kind of harbored the being the favorites on their shoulders. You know, like going into 2022, I think it's fair to say the Bills were the favorites to win the Super Bowl that year. 
at least the top three favorite. Yeah. Now this year they were kind of down and now they're kind of awake again. And listen, I know Josh Allen can be very, very erratic and can be very uh, wild. If you want to say with the decisions he makes. Yeah. But I feel like the way this team kind of rose up and got in and don't have the magnifying glass that they have on them that they've had in previous seasons quite to the same extent that could be an opportunity for them to kind of make that run yep yeah no i hear you bill's rams could be your dark horse super bowl i love it no i i hear you and this is this is a uh a product of going last uh (laughs) i i've been shocked since september uh i said i said in september i watched well i guess it was october i watched the ravens lose to the Steelers in Pittsburgh. And I said, the Ravens will not lose another game. They did, but I think the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. I think they're going to beat the Niners. I don't want to be chalked because it's one, one, but it's what I've been saying for months now. I think it's going to be Ravens over the Niners, but to go off of your point, Alex, I also think that the bills are the team that nobody wants to play in these playoffs. I think that they started off slow. Everybody wrote them off, and they're pissed about it. And I think they're going to come out, and they're going to beat anybody in front of them. So I'm going to say Ravens 49ers. But if the Bills are going to do the thing that they're doing right now continuously through the playoffs, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. So I'll confidently say the AFC is going to win the Super Bowl. How about that? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And for the Bills, it comes down to James Cook. Hand, hand James Cook the ball, let him, let him cook, and I think they'll be all right. Yep, I hear you. All right, well, there's NFL. Good for us, boys. We did NFL in under 33 minutes. Love it. <laughs> um, moving on, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this as a Michigan State Spartans fan, uh, but Michigan won the national championship, and congrats to them. Whatever. I'm an Illinois fan, and I can say at the very least, Big Ten represent. That's all I can say. Technically, I mean, it was uh, the Big Ten versus the Big Ten. So we have that going for us, right? Right. So we couldn't lose. <laughs> yeah. And as a lifelong Alabama fan, if there was going oh. to be a team that did beat us, uh, Glad Michigan. Well, uh, speaking win. of Alabama, I'll give you uh, the floor here because Nick Saban reports or, or announces his retirement. He's done. So you know, what is going on? You know, it, I, it's a suspicion I had, especially this season, when he started popping up on the Pat McAfee show weekly. I'm like, this guy's getting ready for his life after Alabama. And you know what? He was smiling a lot for not having anything to smile about. It was very friendly Nick Saban this past season. Yeah. Uh, even at like, the beginning of the season, when uh, especially after that loss to Texas, it wasn't that standard Nick Saban hunker down, close all the doors, focus on football. He still was pretty open, pretty friendly. And when the news broke today, part of me definitely was shocked. But then part of me was like, no, this was coming. Yeah. Um, And honestly, anyone but Dabo. I do not want Dabo. Yeah. That was going to be my next question is who do you want? But I'll take anybody but Dabo. That's fine. Yeah. Honestly, I think uh, Dan Landing has been an early uh, name mentioned. I would love him. Uh, Haven't watched too much Oregon games this past year, but one thing that caught my attention was when they were playing Colorado and when they showed that halftime of Dan Lanning talking to his team and how he just wanted to keep running up that score. I'm like, Oh, that is what I love. Yeah. Bring that to the Crimson Tide. 
All right. Well, there you have it. Boots on the ground with Alabama. I forgot that you were an Alabama fan. So that's Life that's long, fun. Yeah. So we got a couple Big Tens and an SEC. <laughs> All right. Well, we have that in our back pocket moving forward. Um, again, I don't want to talk about it because I hate Michigan. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, is he going to go to the NFL or is he going to stay in college? Oh, if you ask the Bayless, he's a head coach of, the, of Michigan. So that's your answer. Uh, yeah. yeah that, not even, not yeah. even bothering. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I thought we were done with that stupid franchise. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, uh, let's shift over to baseball, shall we? There's a couple names that are still available out there. Um, our Chicago Cubs, we are all Chicago Cubs guys uh, on this podcast. We will say nice things about the White Sox if we're given the opportunity. But we are Chicago Cubs guys. So we got our we got our lefty pitcher. Belly's still out there. Blake Snell's still out there. Jordan Montgomery's still out there. So there's a lot of things that could still happen in baseball. Yeah, there is. And I think that this whole market has been just such a weird, wild ride. So with, weird. I mean, yeah. you had the the biggest contracts in the history of North American sports. And then only to find out that most of that contract's not going to be paid until, (laughs) right. Yeah. It's not going to be paid until. The best 401k plan there is. Amen. Yeah. How do I get on that? But not for you. Yeah. I just want the millions, you know, like I can, (laughs) I can say, I can handle my salary now, but if I could just guarantee that I'll just have millions in 10 years, I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Bonilla is living the life he's getting, you know, a check for whatever, 2 million, 1 million, whatever. It's like 1.2 or something until like 2030 something. Yeah. So he's, he's set for life. Shoyo time. And I mean, Shoyo time is going to be getting like hundreds of millions of dollars, like sponsors and all that. Oh yeah. He'll be fine. But yeah, the fact that he's going to be getting like 60 million, like Bobby Bonilla is getting 1.2 million, right? He's going to get 60 every single year. That's just, it's just, what the, what the Dodgers are doing is just silly, but I'm okay with it. You know why? Because I will, I will die on this hill. If this, if this happens, I, if I'm wrong, I'm saying on episode one of our podcast right here in October, I will go jump in the lake. Oh, there we go. The Dodgers are not going to represent the national league in the world series. I'll say it right now. The Braves are out there. The Phillies are out there. The Mets are bound to do something at some point, right? I don't know if it's going to be this year, but they're going to do something. I, I'm hoping the Cubs are there. I don't think it's just going to be a cakewalk for them out West because what the Diamondbacks are doing is very quietly amazing. They're getting all no, these they guys. They're yeah. building a team. They were in the World Series last year. Nobody's talking about how they're still building a team out there. No. I don't think they're going to be in the World Series. I mean, if we look at what the Padres did last offseason, we're like, oh, Padres just won the offseason. They're going to run away with the National League. And then look what happened. Come September, they They didn't even make the playoffs. Head over shoulders in payroll debt to the point where they had to take out a loan to pay their players. Yeah. Having said that, the Dodgers have an all-star team. I can't go against that right now. I think I think they're the World Series favorites. I just I mean I, they got to be the favorites no doubt. I oh, mean yeah, the thing with favorite. baseball is is that you get in and Captain Variance takes over. Yep. Yeah. I just I don't think they're going to last because Dave Roberts will do something to make sure they don't make it to the World Series. I promise Dave you. Dave Roberts almost fumbled their pursuit of Otani. Yeah. When in December 
Roberts was all talking freely about, yeah. oh yeah, this is a plan for Shohei when Shohei's camp was like, hey, we don't want any of this news out there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I stand by the Chicago Cubs being the only franchise that didn't break the rules in the pursuit of Shohei Otani. <laughs> and honestly, uh, circling back to the Cubs, for as creative as the Otani deal was, the Cubs deal with Shota Imanaga was just as creative. Yeah, this uh, is the, great. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You were talking about the contract earlier. I, what are the specifics on it? Because I don't remember. Yeah, so it's a four-year deal worth fifty-three million. But here's the catch: after the second season. The Cubs have the option to either extend the contract to 80 million for five years. If they decline, Imanaga then has a chance to become a free agent. And that same option would apply after the third year. But what it does is give the Cubs an out. Say in two years, Imanaga is not the pitcher they think they thought he is. They can get out of that deal. And if not, and then if he is, they can just opt into it, and it becomes a five-year, eighty million dollars. Yeah, this uh, this first year is going to be really interesting with him because, uh, from what I've from what I've seen, and then like I saw him in the Boral Baseball Classic, he is subject to the fly ball, yeah. uh, so he does induce a lot of fly balls. That could be deadly in the summer days of Wrigley, uh, if he gives up too many of those. But his stuff is just so nasty. Like it's he fun can, to watch. he can make guys hit off the bat, like in the wrong spot, whenever he wants to, you know. So the potential is to the moon, but it is high risk, high reward. With, with and he how might it is. have to adjust the way he pitches during those wind blowing out days because he could be very fastball yeah. heavy, and his yeah. fastball is low to midish nineties, but the run is like crazy. It's like the best stuff plus per fan graphs. He had the most strikeouts in the NPB last year. Uh, he started the clinching game of the World Baseball Classic. Like, this is not a nobody by any means. Right. And the fact right. that you're getting this name with this experience, and you might not be getting velocity, but you're getting stuff. And I think at the end of the day, you need bat-missing stuff in this rotation. And that's what you're getting in terms of what he brings, how it'll translate over the big leagues, we'll see. But you're getting this high potential on this suite of a deal this is a huge, huge win. And listen, if he goes out there and throws to like a a three five ERA, three five FIP, and he's like at a a nine strikeouts per nine type pitcher as your three starter, that's pretty darn good. Yeah, and just adding another lefty to the rotation, like lefties are just. I will take a lefty whenever we can get one. You know, like I just for sure. It's just it's just the way to go right now. So Him I love it. I think Wicks. yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun summer at Wrigley, boys. And yeah. and not to brag, but I've been waiting 13 years for this. Season ticket holder. Hello. Congrats. Let's go. I, saw, I saw your tweet. So, boy, yeah, so keep your schedules open a little bit because I'm sure there's going to be some openings and I'm going to need a pal to go with. So. Oh, we got this. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I think it's going to so be fun. Where are your summer. seats exactly? So I'm on uh, I'm on the first base line, uh, section 230. Actually, get this. Section 230, so 23, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, row 21, Sammy. Seat yeah. 16, World Series year. Seat 17, Chris Bryant slash Mark Grace. Come on. There you go. I wow, can't look at it. that. 
Look at that. Yeah. I, I, I dig it. I, I love the connections. And I didn't, great. yeah. And I did not ask for that. It was what fell into my lap. So very excited. But yeah, it's on the first base line. I'm under the awning. Uh, I did have to do some scouting. They did. I, uh, I was talking to my rep and she let me come to Wrigley uh, and, and find the seats because we're really close, really close to a pole. Uh, I am a big uh, advocate uh. of poles building character. And I was willing to go through that as my like initiation into the season ticket holder, like brotherhood uh, to sit behind a pole in the field of play. But luckily won't have to do that. It's out of the way. We're good to go. We're going to, we got a half season plan, which I think is plenty of baseball, 41 games. So For sure. can't wait. I think it's going to be a fun summer boys. I think we're going to be better than last year. Uh, I won't say world series or bust, but I will say competitive or bust. Yeah, you need to be competitive. Yeah. You need to be in the postseason race. In terms of the division, I mean, go out and try to win it. There's, I don't know about you guys. I'm just going to ask what you guys think here. Who's your biggest obstacle? Because I got to tell you, that Reds team terrifies me. I was about to say, it's the Reds. It's, the Reds. it's not Milwaukee. It's not St. Louis. It's, it's the Reds. Reds with their prospects. Their they're, young they're guys big. are so good, and yeah. nobody's talking about them. They have a ballpark where they can hit a bajillion bombs. I they're yeah. gonna be a and they, and historically, at least in the last like I don't know six seven years, who's the one team in the division that the Cubs just can't wrangle? It's the Reds. The Reds. They can't yep. beat the Reds. You know, I it's the question I have is: Is their pitching going to be good enough? Because last year it wasn't. Um, yeah, it's. But if you run into that offense at the wrong time, they hit everything everything yeah. Yeah. it's uh it's gonna be interesting i am excited to see their young guys when they come to wrigley uh i'm not excited to see the final score but no it's it's gonna be good baseball so and it's fun to have another team to talk about competing that isn't the cardinals and the brewers again oh, i it's so exciting yeah i mean I, if you look at i will always yeah i will always be worrisome of the cardinals um, but the Brewers got nothing. They're no. done. We took the best uh, asset. Yeah. So I am a little concerned about that stud prospect they have. I will say that. Charlie yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see. Well, yeah. We'll Cross see. that bridge. I mean, we yeah. got all summer. We got all summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other Chicago meatball topics. Uh, I wrote down uh, Connor Bedard's out for a while. Blackhawks. Uh, six to eight weeks, so it's gonna be a while. I'm a little disappointed because we have tickets for when the Penguins are in town because my wife is from Pittsburgh. Uh, her family's coming to town to see the Penguins, so I don't think Bedard will be back for that one. I still haven't made it to the UC to see Bedard this season. And, I've seen him once. Yeah, close loss to the uh, Buffalo Sabers. Didn't score a goal, but uh, every time he touched the puck, there was a bit of buzz in the air and. Every you time know, the, he touches the puck, you think he's going to do something, and and it's like young Patrick Kane again. Yeah, on steroids. Uh, yeah, I mean here's yeah. here's the thing: when Patrick Kane was drafted and came up, the Blackhawks were still pretty irrelevant. Bill Wirtz still owned the team. The games weren't on TV. The team wasn't any good. Obviously, the team isn't good now, but they've recaptured since all those Stanley Cups the the attention of the city. So Bedard was definitely more hyped up than Kane, but yeah. you know, obviously Kane ended up being arguably the best franchise player if you don't want to say it's Bobby Hull or Stan Makita. But I mean, with Connor Bedard, the hype has been there since the beginning and just seeing this really sucks. And of course it's right after I got his Jersey, I <laughs> oh, seem to be man. cursed. 
because I've had Jordan Howard, Jimmy Butler, Derek Rose. <laughs> oh no! Oh wait, hang on, Utah hang on. Fish. I can I can beat you because if we're talking active people, so these are the active jerseys that I've gotten. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, oh, gone. Oof. Chris Bryant, gone. Hey, uh, hey, 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 he's a World Series champion. World Series champion, ever, yes. And an yes. MVP. It is, it is the gold number jersey, so I still wear it to this day. Oh, no, yeah. That's, uh, uh, that's, yeah. that's yeah. a good one. Like a season yeah. jersey, for uh, sure. Khalil Mack, gone. <laughs> I don't so, count man. Taze and Kane because they're legends, right? Those Legacy, don't count, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Legacy jerseys, uh, yeah. But I will say with Connor Bedard, I bought his jersey 10 minutes after he was drafted. The man was good born choice. in 2005. <laughs> Yep. And I <laughs> have his man. jersey. <laughs> I know. He's he's just 18 now. Yeah, so. I shouldn't say the Crazy. man. The boy was born in 2005. <laughs> yeah. It's, right. yeah. But I, I'm so excited for the future of the Hawks because everything is in front of them. They're going to suck this year. So if I'm yeah. the if I'm the Blackhawks, I'm not rushing him to get back. Like, who no. cares? No, like, take your no, time. No. Like, even take the eight weeks and then let him skate around. Like, don't let him, oh, yeah. don't let him get back too soon. Like, let's just... Let's just work the clock a little bit this year. Let's get yeah, tank away, tank away, whatever. And I'm and I'm sick of saying tank in every single sport, but <laughs> I can handle it one more time at the Blackhawks because I know that the future is bright. The cap space is there. The young guys yeah. are there. They're gonna do something within the next two or three years, and I'm I can be patient with the Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah me and, too. I mean, they gave us we, a dynasty. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've seen everything we need to see from Bedard to prove that he is. He's the dude. As much of a generation. Two straight rookie of the month with yeah. with historical numbers. Like he's just making history when he's out there. So let's just let's just let's just wait. You get that jaw right. On his talent. Yeah. Yes. Our, exactly. Yes. Our our prince. Um. Uh, okay. Great. Speaking of the Blackhawks, uh, Alex, I know you wrote a blog about this. Uh, so you may have more details about it than either of us, but Blackhawks potentially hosting the Winter Classic again at Wrigley Field for the first time since 2014. So I said over the summer, how cool would it be if the Cubs hosted another Winter Classic with the Blackhawks at post-renovated Wrigley Field? Because when they first hosted it in 2008-2009... It was a dump. Um, <laughs> right. It was very outdated. <laughs> Because they announced it, I think in, it was 2008 when they announced it. And then New Year's Day 9-10 is when they actually hosted it. But yeah. they were getting ready in 08 09, and, um So you had, or was it, I, no, it was 08 09. It was that, right, because it was the 08 09 season. So it was New Year's yeah. Day 2009. So yeah, yeah it was. 08 was. 08 was the rise of the team when they started getting on TV and people started noticing, oh, hey, here we go. And to have it at Wrigley Field, like, it was a big deal, yeah. But, you know, back then, you didn't have the video boards, you didn't have Gallagher Way, you didn't have the hotel, you didn't have all this stuff. The amenities, yeah. Exactly, and it's kind of ironic. If you host another Winter Classic before you host another MLB All-Star game, which was one of the many points of trying to renovate the ballpark so you could host an all-star game again. But I'm telling you, it would be a, a massive, massive draw for the city. Yeah. And, you know, people can complain, oh, the Blackhawks, you know, they're outdoor game, blah, blah. Why are they getting reward that? It's, a, <laughs> it's an original six big market. Yeah. Because frankly, so shut up. Ha- the best, yeah. the best sweaters in the, in the league. Shut up. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, listen, when they had, Honestly, when they had on New Year's Day this year between the Kraken and the Knights, I didn't give two rips. When they had it in Seattle, 
I really didn't care. It was inside. They opened the windows. Right. whoop de doo But I remember, even after Wrigley, you had the game at Fenway Park with the Bruins. Yeah. You had the big house between the Maple Leafs and the Red Wings. Yeah. Those are the games people yeah. watch. Notre Dame Stadium Wild. against the Bruins was an was a great setting as well. Yeah. That was fun. That was a fun yeah, one. That was fun. Yeah, the they uh the uh, the ones they the stadium series. Remember when they hosted it in L.A.? Oh, like, yeah. why? Why are we playing? First <laughs> off, why are we even playing hockey in L.A.? Like, the Kings should yeah. not exist. Sorry, but it. Yeah, I would love to see it back at Wrigley. Um, I think Wrigley is ready for the big things again. Maybe a Winter Classic would prove to the MLB that they can handle an All Star Game. It's insane. I thought we were gonna get the one in twenty five, but I guess so not. Uh, so Same. maybe twenty six yeah. will get it. Uh, but yeah, I, when we, when we do get an all-star game, I'm there, I'm going oh, home run derby. It's gonna be a party, I'm going yeah. home run derby yeah. in the bleachers. I'm going all-star game. I'm going to be in Wrigley all week long doing whatever yeah. I want to, because it's going to yeah, be yeah. an absolute party every single night. Oh Same. yeah. Yeah. I mean, the last time they hosted, it was 1990 before I was born. Yeah. And Same. that was when they had to expand the old clubhouse and they had to build the mm-hmm. press box where it is today because oh. the press box <laughs> used to be where the uh, suites are now. Yeah. Underneath yeah. the, the deck, the upper deck. Yeah. So they had to make those. Ch- and back then that, that was a big deal for the change. And then they didn't yeah. change anything until 2014 when the Ricketts took over and right. renovated the park. And right. if, if you haven't seen the documentary that they that they made about the renovations of Wrigley and all the things that they had to do while keeping it structured, it's very interesting, all the yes. things that they had to do. Oh, yeah. Definitely agree, recommend yes, yeah. watching that if you haven't watched it. Um, but just the way Wrigley is now, like it's still the friendly confines. It's still that ballpark that was built 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's got it's got new amenities you will never find a different environment than Wrigleyville altogether with the bars, the entertainment, everything, even with the new stuff. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I like the new stuff for the most part. Yeah. And, and, uh, I was, I grew up in Atlanta and so I, I went to a bajillion games at Turner field on the South side of Atlanta. They moved the Braves to the North side of Atlanta and they built what they call the battery down there. And I, I went up there and I scoped it out a little bit. We were sitting at the bar, and one of the people was talking about, like, oh, yeah, like, we, we took Wrigley and made it better. No, you didn't. You took no. Wrigley and you made it newer and worse. You will Turner never find. Field? Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. The, well, the new one. The new one on the north side. But you oh, will never okay. find. Okay. The point is you will never find another Wrigley. It's no, Wrigley no. and Fenway are two things that are on their own. And then it's everybody else way far away. And it's Wrigley and then a little bit down Fenway. I've never been to Fenway. Yeah. But this is a meatball podcast. This is the meatball portion <laughs> of the podcast. So Exactly. Well, if you know that the St. Louis Cardinals built ballpark village to okay. kind of mimic that. Yeah. And it, it's it's fine. It's they not okay bad, but it's yeah. not Wrigley. That's the nicest yeah. thing I will say about St. Louis is they have a lovely ballpark. And they Bush have a State, they yes, have a beautiful. grocery store in the outfield. And that I found <laughs> fascinating, and yeah. that is all I have to yeah. say nice about St. Louis. I, can, I can't, I can't crap on Bush Stadium. It's a, it's nice. It's a good home. park. It's no, a great, it's, nice, it's a yeah. great view. It's a cool park. Yeah, it's fun to it's go. 10 it's a trillion times better yeah. than that old cookie cutter they had. Yeah, they and it's only, and it's, oh, yeah. and it's only like a four hour drive down there, so you could go to yeah, a Sunday afternoon yeah. game and still be at work on Monday. You know. Yeah, it's so, not that bad. Yeah. 
the uh, NL Central honestly has really good ballparks because you got Wrigley. Oh, yeah. PNC in Pittsburgh is amazing. Gorgeous. I went Beautiful. there for the first yeah. time in August, and the Cubs win. It was uh, Jordan Wicks' debut, actually, when he went bonkers. There you go. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it was it's a beautiful ballpark. It It's picturesque from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. And yeah. Pirates yeah. fans are very, amazing. very nice people. So I'll give them that. And the river's cool. Like floating on yeah. the river. Um, bridge. It's the nicest thing. Yeah. The bridge is uh, – Milwaukee sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's good for a weekend game, but, like, I'm not trying to uh... – I don't like baseball inside. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, no. I'll admit, I liked going to Miller Park as a kid because we used to go to Cubs Brewers games in Milwaukee as a kid. Um, it's been a while since I've been back there. It's been a few years. But when I was a kid, I actually really enjoyed going. All right. I will admit. Did you they go on had... the slide? No, I did not. <laughs> no, I didn't. I wish I actually like wished I could. I'm like, oh, I want to go down the brewer slide. Oh, let me go. What I did really enjoy there, too, is when I was a kid, they had these waffle fries in a brewer helmet. And like I just doused it with cheese. Oh. And it was like the it was the best thing. There ever. you go. There you go. It, it, is, it is a nice little drive up there to Milwaukee, and then it's you can easy. stop at the Brat Stop. You know, I can do the whole thing. So. so I want to see the new forum. That's the other thing I want to see. I went there so, for a wrestling show, actually, and it's uh, it's pretty nice up there. There you go. So fun fact, Chris Bryant's first career home run was in Milwaukee. Yes. On I remember that. And I was there. Okay. So there you yeah. were. Yeah. I remember yeah. watching that, watching him finally get his first home run. I remember so, yeah. that game. They took the lead, and then Travis Wood crapped the bed. Oh, Travis. Yeah. Travis, the Travis, head. Travis. Um, a legend legend for forever based on what he did at the parade, though. I'll give him that. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I love Travis Wood. Like, I genuinely yeah. like him. Just, uh, he's oh, not yeah. Very good oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, the parade made me like so many players that gave me headaches during the season. Yeah. Uh, John Mackey. Absolutely love John Mackey now. John gave Mackey. me headaches watching him pitch sometimes. But, yeah. All uh, right. Hey, everybody, like everybody in 2000 from the 2016 team, for whatever they do for the rest of their lives, is forever forgiven, except if they commit murder. Exactly. There we go. All don't right. like Edison Russell very much. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. yeah I Actually, should. Yeah. All right, let me Good let call. me take that back. Good all right, yeah. first mistake on the first episode of our podcast. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's, no, just, call. let's just move on. Um, <laughs> okay, I have one more thing to talk about, and then final thoughts. We'll wrap this thing up. Uh, Friday night at the United Center, the Bulls are unveiling their Ring of Honor. Uh, they they have obviously retired numbers, but they want to honor more people. Uh, and on the list. Of honorees is Michael Jordan. So I ask both of you, will we see Michael Jordan make the rare Chicago appearance this weekend? I need it. I, I need, need it to see so MJ. bad. Yeah. I need it so I need bad. to see MJ in the United Center one yeah. more time. Seeing him in that suite at the national title game this past Monday, I was like, oh, uh, can you let's see, get that, that on Friday. That suite was incredible. Right. Jordan, <laughs> Jeter, Stephen A. Smith, Travis Scott. Right. I don't know who the lady was. Do you guys know who the lady was? I do not. I'd know. have to go back and look. I, I yeah, maybe I don't know pop culture or I'm missing something big, but I have no idea who that lady was. But that was the sweet of the year. Buddy. It was, yeah, amazing. Holy crap. Can you imagine? I would not watch the game. I'd be like, no. Michael, hey, Michael, remember that? I would do the whole Chris Farley thing. Hey, do you remember that one time you did that one thing? <laughs> cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I would love to see Michael back in town. We haven't yeah, we haven't fun. seen it since the All Star game, right? 
I think so. Yeah. yeah. Hey, could the the same weekend you have Sammy Sosa return to Cubs Con? Oh and my God! Jordan, this could city would burn down. The two athletes that carried the two teams in the '90s just yeah. back yeah. in the yeah. city. Yeah. Oof. Uh, yes. I wish I was old enough to remember 1998. I was only four. Yeah, I was four. That would have been yeah, so I was five. much yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Fun. You have the Bulls winning their sixth, and then you have the Kerry Wood 20K game, and then you have the Sammy Sosa home run race, yeah. and then the wild card run, that the wild no. card tiebreaker yeah. against the Giants. I wish I was old enough to just enjoy Same. that. But, yeah, you know. I do too. Um, it's sad. I I say all the time I was supposed to be born in uh, 1976, I think is what I normally say. So that way it would have been nine for when this Super Bowl happened. Like sure, that would have been incredible. I see all the bulls. Um, and then I I feel like the older you were for the Cubs, the the more qualified you felt for loving it, you know? Oh, oh for course. sure. So Definitely. I feel like a few extra years would have done me some good uh with no, that. Yeah. But Definitely. I mean I still celebrated my 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 butt off. So Exactly. Uh final thoughts, boys. How do you feel about episode one? I think it went well. I think uh, very exciting to kind of get it all together after a few weeks of planning. Yeah. And uh, we could only go up. Can only go up. Yep. You you took the words right out of my mouth, Jordan. Can only go up. Yeah. If you have listened to this whole thing, thank you so much. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. Follow us on Twitter. Follow the account on Twitter. Uh, we're going to do this again every single week. It's going to be so much fun. We love talking ball. And now we can expand. Even though we talked about Chicago a lot, we get to expand it a little <laughs> bit. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, and let's do it again next week. Same Sounds time, good. same place.